When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Solar Panel. Really glad to have you all here, and I'm really glad to have a special guest today as my co-host. Um, good morning, Paul Richardson. How you doing? You know you're my guy when I'm up at 7 a.m., doing prep work that's when you yeah, know well, you had to take a shower and comb your hair and be pretty and all that right well here's the best part i never have to comb my hair it's already <laughs> uh <laughs> you don't get the kinks just in shower. the middle of the night that's what you're saying yeah yeah, okay. yeah. just just the shower and i'm good to go but thank you for having <laughs> me this morning i appreciate it well i'm really glad to have you on plr um, and I have been friends uh, for many years working Suns games since they were winning 19 games in a year uh, <laughs> rather than 19 games in a playoffs. So uh, this is this is pretty this is pretty incredible that we survived the worst of the Suns to be able to be uh, covering the best of the Suns as well. Let me tell you a little bit about PLR. Um, that's his nickname, by the way, you can find him on Twitter at PLR on sports and he hosts a daily radio show called the cave show. Uh, why don't you tell us where we can find that show and, and, uh, what kind of topics you guys cover? You can find us just by going to the easiest way, go to the sportscave.com. cave is with the K there's a nice listen live button. I made it real easy because not everyone went to ASU. So I have to make it easy for him. And uh, we're on every day at one o'clock and we talk about literally everything. We're not just local. We cover a lot of national topics um, as well as we have reported at lives in Florida. So we get some good Miami stuff going as well with, with topics, but cover everything. Now I will, I will never tell a lie. And if your feelings get hurt easy, then, you know, I, I'll, I'll pre-warn you. That's my disclaimer, but I am a bears fan. So I get a little emotional every every monday so just we, you just got to be careful when you when you call in if you have any disparaging remarks about the blue and the orange the bears well we don't we don't you don't have to worry too much about that on this show for sure but i i i do know that you are a bulls fan as well and and yes. uh that's that's kind of one of those things I, I just feel bad for you because the bulls have been so <laughs> bad for years but then you know the sons have been bad for years so it, you just you just love watching bad teams. Have you become less of a fan now that the Suns are good because you're used to watching bad teams? No, I'm even more <laughs> of a fan. I, you know what? It's funny because this is a true story. So the barbershop that I go to, whenever I go in, they start talking about the Suns. They call me the leading Suns apologist because for the last few yeah. years, I walk in, they'll ask me a question like, hey, you cover the Suns. And this last year, I'm like, guys, this is not the SOS. It's not the same old sons. Trust me. <laughs> James has a plan. He's got the right players. He's not drafting guys that came out of high school anymore. There's a plan here. And so finally, after years of walking in that barbershop once a week, getting razzed as the son's apologist, it was like, wait a second, maybe you maybe maybe you're on something. Maybe you the man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I um Look, I'm a I'm a positive person by nature. Um, I did not name my website brightsideofthesun.com, but it does fit my nature. And um, I apologize for Lance Blanks for a short period of time. <laughs> I apologize for Ryan McDonough for a much longer period of time. Um, and I've always apologized for James Jones as well. Now, James. What's funny about James Jones is people never called him 
overall in company is too nice, right? Too quiet and nice and all that. What they did is they questioned every single move in a microcosm rather than looking at the big picture of a team that can win. And what just simply happened with James Jones is he went from taking over a 19 and 63 team, turning him into a 34 and 39 team in one year, and then a finals team the second year. We can no longer question James Jones's moves, even this summer. Even this summer, when the Suns aren't doing a whole lot other than running it back, we've got to trust that James Jones knows what he's doing in a big picture and not look at every individual move. Um, so before we get into our overall topics today, let me just let me just give a, a high level to the to the show watchers. Um, I've got it in the notes on the show as well. But basically, we're going to talk about the top the top challenges to the Suns in the West, the top challenges to the Suns in the East when they make the finals again. We're going to talk about where do we think Ben Simmons is going to go. And then we're going to talk about where do we think the other guys are going to go who've been sitting on the trading block waiting to get moved or, or at least speculated to get moved. Um, then we're going to go back to the Suns. In particular, we're going to talk about who uh, on the Suns might have a breakout year. Um, everybody last year talked about everybody last year had a breakout year. Who's going to have an even another breakout year this year? And then because everyone had a breakout year, who's going to regress back to the mean? And I'm going to take a little bit of a walk down memory lane to the 2013-14 Suns who also had a full year of breakout years and, um, you know, who regressed to the mean and who stayed at the top after that too. Uh, so those are our big topics for the day, folks. Uh, before we get into those, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. I don't know if you all know this because a lot more people lately since we've done the switch on the, on the, on the uh, hosting of our podcast feed most people are watching the YouTube version of this show. Thank you for showing up again today. And a lot of people just watch it later on. But we also have a new podcast feed that only, um, I know it's off season, so listenership is down for that reason. But but you guys are missing out if you're not listening to the, if you're not hooked up to the podcast feed. Because every midweek, I'm getting interviews with big national uh, folks, just this week, just this past week, John Schumann of NBA.com and I talked through the uh, his West and East power rankings, mostly the West power rankings. Uh, we touched on the East as well, how he came up with the Suns being number one in the East or in the West, excuse me. Um, so you guys got it. You guys got to subscribe. So I'm right now I'm going to play you a little bit of a commercial that my buddy John Voida, Darth Voida of Suns Jam, and also a writer for brightsideofthesun.com help me put together to help you guys do a, um, uh, a visual imprint on what our new feed is. For those watching this episode on YouTube, I've got some news for you. You're only getting half the story. The Solar Panel Podcast delivers you an additional special episode every Wednesday with a national personality from places like The Ringer, The Athletic, Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NBA.com, and everyone else. You'll hear what the non-locals think about the Suns and the NBA in general. It's a new feed, though. You've got to click some buttons, forget the old one, get the new one. Go to your favorite pod app, search for Solar Panel Podcast with the orange logo. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you leave me a five-star review, I'll give you props on the air. So there's that new commercial. Isn't that pretty cool? Darth Voided does a really good job on that thing. I like that. That was pretty nice. I like the new logo. Yeah, yeah. He did. He also helped me with the logo, too. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, okay, everyone, make sure you actually do that. Make sure you go on there and find the new podcast feed. I'll put the link in the chat toward the end of the show. So people can flip over there after this show is over so they can back listen to the other interviews I've done. Um, okay. Let's get into the show today. I want to welcome all the ballers, all the flaming ballers. Um, you guys can hit that join button anytime. You can hit the thumbs up. I'd appreciate that. That helps the algorithms and all that on suggesting this show to other other watchers of Sun's content. Um, let's jump into our topic. So PLR, did you see, by the way, um, have you seen any power rankings in this offseason and where they're, they're some national media are putting the suns kind of lower in the West than they finished, you know, third or fifth or whatever. And others are putting them at the top. What's your take on where the suns are going to finish next year? I think the suns are definitely the best team in the West. I, I've, I've made no bones about it. I've talked about it on my show and I broke down why 
A lot of it has to do with the Suns. A lot of it has to do with the teams in the West and the way they're currently constructed, their age, and a little bit of everything else. So I, I, I personally believe they're the best team. Do they have the overall best player? Maybe not. Do they have the overall best shooter? Maybe not. The most dynamic player? Maybe not. But collectively, I think they're the best team in the West. Excellent. Yes. So who do you think, PLR, who do you think, and I'm going to ask the ballers too, put it in your comments, put it in the chat. Um, who do you think is the Suns' biggest competition in the West this coming year? Maybe give me two or three teams you think can knock the Suns off. I mean, you, you always have to say any team with LeBron James has a chance, but I look at the Lakers a lot differently than a lot of other people. I mean, let's be honest. Anthony Davis gets hurt going to the refrigerator to get a Coke. So that that plays <laughs> a part. Especially How if he's Russell, driving the lane with the ball. Exactly. Yeah. How Russell Westbrook is going to fit plays a, a part. Their age plays a part. Um, so I think all that goes in. I like Utah to be a challenger, but Utah has no wing defenders. And they really have no scores. You have Spider Mitchell, and then your second yeah. best scorer is technically Gobert. And we saw, you know, I, I'm I'm not comfortable with that. For we them, got Boyan, Boyan Bogdanovich. Is he really a two? Is he really a, a second? I mean, on a good team, He's not a second. No, yeah. no. So it, I, I don't count on that the same. And then when I started breaking down, and I'm looking at the West, I'm like, the only team I think that could possibly really challenge the Suns would be Denver. But their point guard comes back in like February from an ACL. And I don't care who you are unless you're Jerry Rice. It takes you a while to come back from that injury. So those are the teams that I feel that are that can really give the Suns a push. The Clippers have no no quiet. Hell if he load managed before an ACL injury, what is he going to play like once every other month now? So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about them right now. So I, I just don't see a, a, com, a competition in the West at the level everybody else does. When I say competition, I don't mean they're going to win 70 games and walk through. I just think put together wise, there's no team that's put together like the Suns. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the big difference is James Jones didn't get the individual highlight players. I mean, obviously, he's got some very good players. He identified the core of the Suns right away and built the whole team around them. He's, he said in day one, he was like, I got DeAndre Aiden, I got Mikel Bridges, and I got Devin Booker, and I'm going to build a team around them. And there was a lot of skepticism at that time. Back then, there was a lot of skepticism that Booker and Aiden could, could pair up and that Bridges could cover for them enough defensively. Turns out DeAndre Ayton's one of the best defenders now in, in the league, especially as a big man. And uh, Devin Booker is passable. And we we knew this as we were watching them. PLR, you and I, all the ballers in the chat, everybody who watched the Suns every game, even in that 19 and 63 season when Ayton, mm -hmm. Bridges, and Booker were all there, you could see the makings of a really good core, both way, two-way core. Um, James Jones saw it too. And he said from day one, he's not going to bring in another 19 year old point guard to run the show, even though they might've had one of the top picks again in the, uh, in the 2019 draft, um, that didn't end up turning out as well. I mean, gosh, I, I think they probably would have drafted John Morant if they ended up at number two in the lottery <laughs> that year, but because they mm -hmm. didn't, he went the way he originally planned to go and he got a veteran. He got Ricky Ruby on all this. So, what I'm saying is that, James, you don't have to have the best individual players to win the West. You need the best team to win the West. And the Suns have the best overall team. I mean, I think the Suns have the best number four. Number four would have to be Mikel Bridges. Is there any team with a better number four than him overall offense, defense? That's that's saying a lot. Um, I'll, go, I'll go through the teams like you did. I, I think the Lakers... I mean, my God, are they going to bring walkers to the game? 
for everybody uh, on the sidelines. No more. They don't need chairs anymore. They need walkers so they can help <laughs> help themselves stand up while they get their breath. They're going to have to have oxygen tanks on the sidelines. Uh, Rajon Rondo actually made a comment when he signed the other day. They said, gosh, I went from being one of the oldest guys on my team to the youngest. <laughs> He's 35. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, so I, I, I'm skeptical that the Lakers, obviously, if the playoffs hit and LeBron James is 100% and Anthony Davis is 100%, the Lakers have a bet, as good a chance as anybody. But they have not shown an ability to be 100% um, consistently. And the other thing is the Lakers carry, were carried themselves, although they still only finished seventh in the West, uh, missing mm-hmm. LeBron James half the year and Anthony Davis half the year. But they still had the number one defense in the league last year. What did they do this offseason? They got rid of all those defenders. They're almost entire turnover on that team, and it's all offense. So, but they're not great offensive players. So unless you have a really healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis all year, their offense is still going to be mid-pack. And now their defense is drop, dropping to mid-pack. So I'm really skeptical on the Lakers. I mean, I think they'll end up in a playoff spot, but I think it won't be much better than it was this past year. And um, people are going to say, well, they would have won that series against the Suns if they were healthy the entire series. But Chris Paul was playing with one arm. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what would have happened. I picked the Suns before the series started. I just thought it would go six, seven, eight game, not eight. Ha! I joked about eight games, um, but it was. Uh, I, I thought it would go a long series, and it ended up kind of long. But really, the Suns won the last three, and it was not even close the last two. So there's that. Uh, Denver. Yeah, they were without Jamal Murray. But um, and Jamal Murray might be healthy by next playoffs, should be healthy by next playoffs. But uh, the Suns swept Denver. So yep. what does Jamal Murray do? Does Jamal Murray flip that entirely or does he just make it a six game series? You know, I don't know. I think I think that it's going to be um, Denver is going to be a very tough out this next year. But anytime you got Michael Porter, um, no defense, Michael Porter out there. Uh, as your two, second or third best player, it's going to be tough to win deep in the playoffs. The Suns proved it. You have to be able to play defense to win deep in the playoffs. The Jazz, continuity, they've got continuity, but they've also shown that that continuity has a ceiling, and I don't know if you can break through it. Um, any other surprise contenders? Anyone who you think could be this year's Suns PLR? No, and, and, I, and I'll tell you why. I know a lot of people want to hitch their flag on Dallas. This has been my take on Dallas. Luca is James Harden in Houston. You have him and a bunch of guys. And every other night, you got to figure out which one of those guys is going to have a good night. If they have a good night in the regular season, they win games. Because you can't really guard Luca, And you can't set up a defense for Luca in the regular season when in it's the, the second game season. of a back-to-back. Right. Yeah. In the playoffs, you can plan for Luka. And I love Tim Hardaway. But I will say, hey, I'm going to contest everything Luka does and make Tim Hardaway beat me. And yeah. I'll take my chances with that every every single time. Portland is a mess. They lost to Denver in the playoffs with a better backcourt. I mean, if, if no one really stopped to really put that in perspective. They were running out – Denver was running out a 30-year-old rookie. And they beat Portland with Damon McCullough. You really, I mean, you should not, right there, I don't care if you have Jokic, fine, we'll figure out a way to neutralize him, but we have these two. And they figured out a way to lose. I don't know if that's Terry Stotts, and now that he's gone, it'll be a difference. But to me, this team is not put together as a team. It's put together as Damon his guys. And I think that makes a difference, no matter how great he is, That'll make a difference. So I I don't really see a surprise team on the rise like the Suns were last year. What about Golden State? What do you think about Golden State this year? If if Golden State trades for Ben Simmons and gets rid of Draymond Green, I know I'm like on this way out ledge. I think that revitalizes them. Um, But outside of that, Clay coming back from two major injuries, 
Steph, yeah. Steph, think about it. Steph averaged 70 points a game and they missed the playoffs. So <laughs> let's see what happens when when people come back. Look, you can put the band back together. Doesn't mean it sounds exactly the same. And the NBA is different as well. If let's say KD never left and they just kept going, you'd be nuts to bet against him. But he left. And you can't, I hate when people say, well, they were a 73 win team without him. That was a different time. That was a different was NBA. A different, and they were all in their prime and they were surprising the league. Like the Suns won 62 games in 04 05. Did that mean they were going to? win everything and keep winning? No, because the team, the league adjusted to them a little bit. Golden State, obviously, five straight finals. They only lost that that fourth championship potential uh, because Clay got hurt and uh, KD got hurt. I get it. But they're not the same team. I, I'm with you, PLR. I'm with you. Um, uh, Clay, look, they'll be lucky if he's better than a prime Kyle Korver this year, which is great. But it's not Clay, because I'm worried that Clay doesn't have the um, ability to move on defense like he used to. So he'll just be kind of there on defense. Now, will Golden State be better than last year? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, will they be a top four seed in the West? Probably not. That's what. That's all I'm asking is who can be a top four seed in the West that is totally out of the picture this year, like the Suns of a year ago, and you don't see anybody. I don't think Memphis can grow that fast. Like, I agree with you on Portland. They're capped. They're maxed out. I don't think Larry Nance, obviously, I don't think Larry Nance is that much of a difference maker. They do this kind of move every summer. Um, yeah, I don't see anyone else jumping. The The Pelicans are way too haphazard. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I, just, uh, I mean, they're, yeah. Their best player wants out. That's what's happening. He's already <laughs> dreaming of New York, and he's pretty much made that clear. He, he's a big market guy. He's a, and, when, and when I say that, I mean talent, personality, everything. And he's really pretty much just, when is my contract up so I can bounce? And you can see it and you can feel that. And if your best player is playing like that, it's kind of hard for everyone else to jump on board when they're already in the back of their mind saying, he's gone next year. So what difference does this really make? Yeah. Um We've got a, a commenter in the chat who's having a really good time riling up the ballers. I appreciate you, Rao. Um, you did make a comment that the Spurs are low-key deep. Yeah, but that kind of like the way the Suns used to be low-key deep, which is deep with unproven players who can't win. Um, the Spurs are going to fight more for the number one pick than they are the number one seed. So um, really, we've got we've got some we've got a challenge there. Um, we got a challenge there in, in terms of, you know, are the Spurs really going to be that good? They're probably not going to be that good. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Winning uh buck dog winning will change things in new Orleans. Absolutely. But they got to win first. <laughs> That's it. They got to win first. Um, so they, and I don't see them winning with, with the way that the setup they have. I just don't. <clears throat> well, they got rid of the master of panic. So that should help. The with Stan Van Gone. So Stan Van. <laughs> Stan Van. So with, <laughs> with the master of panic gone, that should help a little bit. But when you look at this, at the way that team is put together, Brandon Ingram might be one of the most talented young players. And he's overshadowed. And so sometimes I think, is he thinking, wait a second, do I have to keep backing my game up a little bit so they can make someone else happy or yeah i know i signed for the money or do i just kind of bide my time for when he's gone and then i could become the man on this team so I, I i just don't know if i like the the way that team is put together yeah i don't know if i like that i, I look so let's just assume that the suns get through the west again let's make that leap okay let's make the leap that the suns push all the way through to the west who's their biggest competition in the finals this year. Give me your top three. I'm pretty sure I'm guessing your top one, but give me your top three competition make the finals in the East. I think it's really only a two. I think a healthy Brooklyn followed by Milwaukee. I have no confidence in any other team making it past either one of those teams. Um, obviously, like you said, when the show started, I'm a diehard Bulls fan, but I'm also a realistic Bulls fan. Um, 
New York is long. Look, I I get down with Thibodeau from game one to game 82. And then that's about a wrap because he will squeeze every ounce of juice out of an orange. But when the playoff starts, his adjustments are, are very small and he runs the same stuff over and over and he becomes a person that's easy to defend. And all that defensive greatness, it's awesome, but if you can't score, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Philadelphia is a train wreck. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, that's, that's, really. that's, that's just playing. I mean, is stuff. there, but is there, oh, we'll talk about trades in a little bit. Let's just go with the current Philadelphia mix. Yeah, they're, they're a train wreck. And so Atlanta, I find interesting. I really do. So I guess technically you think they're if, as sustainable as the Suns. Uh, yes, I do. And and here's why. I love their coach. And everywhere, you know what? They always talk about LeBron James. Every time he leaves, the team sucks. Same with Nate McMillan. Every time he leaves a team, that team gets worse and his team gets better. And you have a point guard. I love DeAndre Hunter, and he didn't even play in the playoffs. You got a rim runner and 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 uh, Clint Capella. You got the other Boyanovich over there stroking a the ball. And Kevin Herter is a true baller. I love the way that mm. team and Cam Reddish is all put together. I just think they just needed a year with the right coach. They're now bought in. They're to me, they're Phoenix of the East. The only reason why I'm not picking them over the other two teams. Is because their stars are that dynamic. Giannis is that dynamic. Yeah. With the group he has around him. And Kevin there Durant has never is been a better Giannis than the one that played in the last four games of those five last five games of those finals. Yep. And yep. it's just amazing to me that that was only two weeks removed from him looking like that that creature from Men in Black where the guy was uh, <laughs> pretending to be a human, then all of a sudden his legs bent backwards when he turned back into the insect. You remember that scene? I don't know I if do you remember, remember that, that scene. But his knees both, both went <laughs> bent backwards, and all of a sudden he was, a, he was a thing again. That's what we saw with Giannis. And two weeks later, he was the best player he's ever been and one of the best in the history of the game. Yep. Yep, and and KD is a size sixteen away from kicking him out of the playoffs by himself, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. So, so man, I felt bad for KD. Uh, what was happening to him was was basically he was all they had left because really James Harden was really just a decoy in that yep. series. He could not play. That was not James Harden playing in that series. That was just some dude with James Harden's jersey on. And his beard yep. taped on, probably, you know, with a little bit of glue. And um, KD was out there just trying to will that team to victory, and he ran out of gas. Yeah, plain and simple. And, and let's be honest, James kind of brought that one on himself when he came came to Houston looking like uh, looking like mm-hmm. Big Perk trying <laughs> to get a trade out. <laughs> he looks like Perk. <laughs> Perk with a beard. <laughs> so then you can't play yourself back into shape without possibly tearing something. And I think that's what happened to him. But that, look, if you say to me, I will give you KD, James Harden, and Kyrie, and you go get your three, I'm betting on that three against any three in the NBA. And I don't care what three you put against them. I'm taking that three. And if you add in Patty Mills, good Lord. Yeah, that's Patty a big Mills game show. a hell of a pickup for them, man. Yes. So – I. I, I can't bet against them. Oh, health. The health and health is look, the only thing that bets against them. That's it. That's right. And I, and I love how people say, well, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. When the playoff starts, Kyrie is locked in and focused. Yeah, the regular season is mine, can be here, there, a little bit of here, a little bit of there. But no one can accuse him when the playoff starts that his mind is anywhere other than basketball. And he showed that because he was having a really good playoff run. Until he got hurt. So yeah, yeah I'm, they're, I'm, they're, so you know, so we got Brooklyn, healthy Brooklyn, clear, clear favorite. All yes. right. Um, you got Giannis's Bucks, who are just the consistent. They're you know they they've got they've been to the conference finals or finals 
two of the last four years. So they are two of the last three years. So they are the consistent return team. Uh, Drew Holiday, God dang, he was so good in those playoffs. If he can so stay Middleton. And Middleton, Middleton was excellent in those playoffs as well. That's a really good top three. So those guys, yeah. Who else though? The Heat? What do you think with Kyle Atlanta? Lowry? No. You think Atlanta? I don't feel it. You don't feel I it? I don't feel it with the Heat. No. I, I like, look, they will, you know who, you know who they are? They're a better New York because they'll play defense. They'll play hard. But when it comes to score. offense, they can't score. They, 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 they can't score enough. Jimmy Butler, for what he did in the bubble, was incredible. But that was also an outlier. Jimmy's not going to score like that every year. He's not that clutch go-to guy every single year. And Tyler Hero needs to get out of those Miami nightclubs and get on that, get on that practice floor. So the way they're constructed, they're going to win a lot. They'll probably be a top four or five seed. And when it comes to the playoffs, they'll win their first round. But they they can't score with with uh, with Brooklyn. And and what did Milwaukee do to them last year? A year after being literally deboed and punked by them, they came back and kicked their butt because they can now score. So and and you got to give credit to to Budizer because he did the one thing that coaches usually don't do. He made himself uncomfortable to get comfortable and realize, hey, if I don't start making some uncomfortable adjustments to make us better, we're not going to get better. And he did that. So maybe now his coaching, I guess his, his level of coaching will rise in people's views because he did a good job against the Suns. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, wrapping up this conversation about the biggest competition, is there any team we haven't mentioned yet that you wanted to bring up? Well, I mean, I like a Bulls in a super upset to come up and Zach Levine to average 45 points a game and surprise everybody. Zach but they, and DeMar <laughs> is a good pairing? Yes. Yes, I, I think so. You have a mid-range and you have an athletic guy and you have a real point guard finally. Is, wouldn't Zach just be in heaven if he was actually in an offense that allowed him to take 15 threes a game? He'd be in heaven, wouldn't he? You, you know what, though? Actually, I think not only would he be in heaven with that, but Zach likes to drive. He likes to dunk. He likes to, the energy. He's like, he's an incredible athlete. So I, I like it. I like the fact they got Lori out of there. I like the fact that, uh, I listen. Yeah. They got Lori out of there. Uh, can you believe someone paid him $15 million a year? Yes. They paid John Old. They once paid John Concac $6 million a year when <laughs> – <laughs> when six million dollars a year was a lot of money, and if you don't know the name John John Concac, just look it up because he yeah, once got paid a I lot do of money. I remember John Concac. He's just a barely taller version of. He looks like me, except a little taller. That's <laughs> he the, couldn't the make Suns, a free throw. I was a better free throw shooter than him. I think. Look, the Suns once paid Luke Longley two million a year. Yeah, they did. They so, did because they wanted that token big man. They wanted the yep. token seven footer. There was yep. a stack going around back in the 90s. Oh, wait. Wait, hold on here. Hold on here. Dang, stop me. I haven't played that one in a while. Um, there was a stack going around in the 90s that no team had won a championship without a seven-footer on the roster. And so what did Jerry Colangelo do every year in the 90s? He found some rando seven-footer. And the only time that was we got lucky was when he didn't have to trade away a good player to get one. Hey, um, Jordan and Pippen should have got a cut from all those cats that went and made money after their title runs because a lot of bums absolutely. got paid. They made a, a lot of guys look good. That's for sure. Um, okay, one more wrap up of the um, of the East and West contenders, and I'm going to do this a second time on the same show because you guys have been really missing. All credit to Espo here. He's still a good friend of mine. He tweeted the other day that every player from the 2013 All-Star game is either on the Lakers or the Nets this year. They're either on the Lakers or the Nets this year, except for Chris Paul, who's on the Suns. So the only non-Laker, non-Net from the 2013 All-Star game is Chris Paul. <laughs> 
That I, that is true. That is true. It's unfortunate it, that was eight years ago in their behalf. Nine years ago by the time the playoffs hit. But yeah, sure. They can they can win an all-star game in 2013. That should be Space Jam right there. All right. So that's my wrap up on the West. Sorry for making you uncomfortable with the uh stat me thing, PLR probably, but you know, I got more I got more to make you uncomfortable. You want me to show you how uncomfortable I'm gonna make you? I'm gonna I'm make ready. everybody else uncomfortable too. One of our sponsors, we have a sponsor, DraftKings, and you see on the logo in the lower right corner of your screen, DraftKings is a sponsor of the show. Uh, I don't have to do a big ad read for them on the uh, on the video because I do that during the midweek audio ones. What I do have as another sponsor is Manscaped. And now I'm going to play you a commercial so I don't have to live read this thing, but it is a great commercial. Also helped put together by Darth Boyda. Give him a shout out in the comments, please, ballers. Here we go. Now, don't leave. Don't leave. We're going to be back in 90 seconds. Attention listeners from across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS. That's special for you guys, our solar panel listeners. The code is FLAMINGBALLERS for 20% off plus free shipping. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your entire solar system. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. Your dick and balls need some help. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now, in all seriousness, in all dead seriousness, that's a good product. You got to get the product. Your woman will appreciate it. You don't want to be going. You don't want to be going rogue down there. You don't want PLR's, PLR's hair down there. You just don't. So PLR, <laughs> you, you got to do some kind of manscaping, don't you? Well, that that um, yes, but but the the way you phrase it, you don't want PL, PLR's hair down there. I think what they meant was because they can't see it. They meant the dreadlocks. So you I'm don't even want... talking the beard. You don't even want that beard down there. <laughs> no, it is a great product. You want to stay fresh and clean at all times. Don't just uh, keep the beard tight. Keep everything tight. All right. All right. Good for us. Now we got past the manscape piece. Now let's get back to business. Thank you all for paying attention. Thank you in advance for uh, buying product. That's really, really helpful. All right, let's get back to the next topic I want us to I want us to delve into is where do you think Ben Simmons will end up and why should it not be the Suns? First, where do you think he's gonna go? I, I really think he should go to Golden State. That that would be my I think that's that would fit him perfect, but it has to be for Draymond and his is Golden State ready to part with Draymond Green? I think there comes a time and in your life where you got to move on and Golden State's trying to, trying to, they're the temptations trying to bring back Eddie Kendricks and David Ruffin every single time. There comes a time where you got to move on and they, if they can do that, they're fine. Honestly, I don't know if Ben Simmons has a fit in too many places where he's an unwilling shooter. I think that's the problem. It's not that he can't shoot. He's unwilling to shoot. And so if you're playing with the best shooting backcourt of all time, that alleviates a lot of pressure on you. But where else is he going to go where he's not going to be asked to do something offensively? And then the other part of that is 
what do you got to give up to get him? I mean, let's let's be honest. They're trying to sell him like he's a steak when in, in essence, his game is that of a pigeon. So it's like, don't give me pigeon and tell me a steak. They want too much for him. He's really yeah. a power for it. They can't score. And I'm not calling him this person. Don't get me wrong. But would you give up what they're asking for, for DeAndre uh, Jordan in his prime? Because that's really what he's giving you. He's giving you defense at a high level, blocks, and, and he can push the ball. And obviously, yeah, he's a great Jordan passer. I mean, he can, couldn't he can push the ball. But, offense. But, but you know something? If you don't have to worry about him shooting, depending on who you're playing, you don't have to worry about him passing because you can take that away. So I, I, I just don't yeah. know. Honestly, until he shoots, to me, there's only one team that he fits with, and that's Golden State. Well, it's interesting, and the only reason I think, the only reason you're saying Golden State is because they made Draymond relevant, right? They made him an all-star, even though he refuses to shoot. So the obvious would be that you've got to trade Ben Simmons. You've got to trade uh, Draymond in the package for Ben Simmons because you can't have both of them on the court, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, but ben, Draymond uh, would shoot. What's that? Draymond would shoot. It's just when he shot, you were like, like, oh no! No, this but past year it was it was embarrassing. I was embarrassed on his behalf this year. Literally, uh, uh, players would play twenty feet off of him, and if he took a shot, he took a shot. But it was it was going to be at the thirty percent, you know, frequent uh, range, and he was going to try not to shoot more often than shoot. It was yes, it was it was bad this year, and it's going to continue to stay bad. So you've got to if you're going to bring in Ben Simmons, you've got to get rid of Dre. Well, guess what? Dre already does what Ben Simmons does offensively in terms of passing without shooting. Dre already does has a plays a better defensive position for Golden State's needs than Ben Simmons does. Ben Simmons cannot be your five defending the the paint. He can be a four, but he can't be a five. He's not he's he doesn't have the stones to do that. So then what do you got? You basically have Ben Simmons is a little bit longer and a little bit more dynamic. And so he's a bit more of a star than Dre, but you're basically just doing a swap and uh, golden state has already shown that they don't have the shooters, the depth of shooters. It was easy to make Dre an all-star when you've got Kevin Durant, prime clay Thompson and prime Steph around him because it didn't matter if he couldn't shoot because they were still double teaming those other guys anyway. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to double team. Now, now those other guys can't make you pay being double teamed as much. Clay is not going to be quite as good. If he's as good this year as he ever was. Wow. Awesome. More power to him. I just don't think he will be. And um, uh, Steph is Steph. Steph's going to still be great, but they just don't have the depth of shooting that they used to. Otto Porter doesn't scare anybody. You know, who's their number three shooter. Who's the number three shooter on Golden State now? Even if That's you make Clay number two, I don't think they have one. That's I don't problem. think they have one either. I don't All think right. they have one either. <clears throat> um, so where? So you think Ben Simmons of Golden State? I think he'd be great in Portland for CJ if they could do that. Pair him with Dame Lillard. There's no way Portland's going to trade Dame Lillard for Ben Simmons. Um, right. Unless they're really punting, but they've still got the same GM, so they're not going to really punt. Um, if they fire their GM and go with a different GM who wants to start over, then I could see that happening potentially. Um, but what about a Ben Simmons for CJ trade where CJ goes to Philly? First of all, is Philly better? Yes. Yes, because I don't care who you are. If your coach don't want you and the best player don't want you, that that synergy is is basically saying you had to go anyway. All he did by saying I want to be traded. It, it, come on, Dave. We've been young before. When you break up with someone before they break up with you because you know it's coming, but you want to be the one that said I broke up. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's basically yeah. That's all he's. That's all he's doing. I think CJ the, that trade would work. Problem is, Daryl Morey is in the business of quote unquote winning trades. And, and I think that's a bad business to be in. Sometimes you don't have to win the trade. You just have to come out even in the trade. And in his mind, James he has Jones to win the, the trade. is a perfect example of that. Yep, yep. And 
Maury doesn't do that. Everything with him is, I got to win this trade. Well, you couldn't get a crackhead to trade three first-round picks and a player, and that's an all-star for Ben Simmons. It's not going to happen. So Ryan McDonough doesn't have a job anymore. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was cool. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so, so it, it, it's not because you can't look at what you think Ben will be. You have to trade him. If I'm taking him, I'm trading based on what he is. And so I'm going to give you a package based on what he is. Because if he comes to, let's say he gets to Portland and he still has shooting aches and you've given up two first round picks and CJ and a throw in. Well, I just fired myself as a GM. Yeah. I, I, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not yeah. doing that. So with Philly, they're actually almost being backed in the corner because now he's saying he won't be there. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I wouldn't, I think they're going to have, I think both sides are going to have a hard time. Oh, buck dog. I don't know, man. I know a few crackheads throwing a cheeseburger and he gone. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, oh, hey, uh, Darth Voida just threw up throughout uh, Minnesota for D'Lo. No. Wouldn't do it because they don't want to upset their big man, who's the star of their team, and D'Lo and him are. You don't bestie. think Carl's going to be more interested in winning now than no. playing with a friend? No, no. I think Carl Anthony Towns is an incredible player, but I've yet to see that type of dog yet. To to be perfectly honest with you. Okay, so actually, I had forgotten to bring up. Do you think Minnesota is a dark horse for a playoff spot this year? But your comment on Carl probably tells me you don't think so. Nope, not even close. I, I Listen, that team had every opportunity to make the playoffs a, a couple of years ago and did not. And he was a, playing at an all-star level then. There, there's a difference in putting up all-star numbers and, and leading a team. We saw that with Kevin Love. Kevin Love put up mm-hmm. Hall of Fame numbers in Minnesota, and they couldn't get to the playoffs ever. Whereas you take someone like a – like a, a LeBron or a Steph, and I know I'm going with the elite of the elites, but they dra- – look, I'll go back years. Allen Iverson led a team to a 47-35 and 35 record with a bunch of bums and dragged them into the playoffs as a third seed. And there is no way in hell when you look at that Philly roster, the way they were constructed, should they have been in the playoffs. So Cat isn't one of those dudes. I'm sorry. I, I think he's a great player. I wouldn't say, oh, well, I don't ever want him on my team, but I don't want him to be my team leader because I don't think he's built like that. All right. Uh, let's see. Now let's move on. Who else do you think might be traded by the beginning of next season besides Ben Simmons? Who other get, t- name of note do you think might be on the move? No one. I think they'll be traded at the All-Star break. You don't think there will be every- any other notable trades? Only if it involves Ben Simmons. So let me say it like that. So if Sacramento wants to get off somebody to get Ben Simmons, then obviously that'll be a Buddy Hill throw in. But I don't think Lillard moves or McCollum moves or anyone moves unless it's a big name to get Ben Simmons in. Everyone else, I think, will wait and see what happens until the All-Star break, until the trade deadline, basically. Um, The only thing I would think – I think I think the Kings are probably going to find a new home for Buddy Heald. Uh, Buddy Heald makes a lot of money. He makes a lot of money. Um, what twenty twenty five million somewhere in there mm-hmm. off that extension. I think it's twenty five, and so it's hard to trade him for that reason. He's just a shooter. Uh, he doesn't put the ball on the floor. He doesn't defend very well. He's even the Kings, who are one of the worst in the West, don't want to start him. But um, players with bad contracts have been traded before. So I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like the Kings are going to find a new home for Buddy Heald because they they want to they want to go all in on Fox, Halliburton, and now uh, Davion Mitchell as a rookie in their backcourt. And uh, so I'm I'm curious to see what happens there. But you know what? I've been curious for two years now and they haven't pulled the trigger. So maybe they won't find a trade, but uh, if anyone's going to move before opening day, I feel like it'll be Buddy Heald. 
everybody else. Yeah, everyone else. It, it, you don't trade stars very often. I mean, there, there's been some moves like when James Harden moved to Houston right before the season started. You rarely find that for uh, the level of a because you're changing everything on the fly. When you if you move a Lillard before the season, you've just changed your whole philosophy right there. Especially for a guy that's saying he really doesn't want out right now. He's in a wait and see. Now, if he comes out next week and says, I'm not reporting, get me the hell out of here, then yeah, then you, you gotta you don't have a choice. But I I, I don't I, I don't see I don't think Buddy's got the fortitude to hold out like that. But anyway, okay, so let's move on. Now let's talk about the Suns. So we talked about all the other teams. Now we're going to talk about the Suns. Uh, we've already agreed that the Suns are are at least going into the season the strongest team in the West. They had everybody have a breakout year basically last year, although I would quibble. I don't think Devin Booker's year was breakout year. I think he had a better year the year before, personally. Um, but who on the Suns this year do you anticipate being um, notably better than last year? I think there are two people. I think DeAndre Aiden is going to be better, uh, remarkably better, because what he did in the playoffs, I think, gave him incredible confidence. So I don't think he's going into the regular season thinking, no matter what he says, thinking, I wonder if I can do this with these guys. I think he's going into the season saying, I know I can do this. This is what I've done. I've guarded everybody defensively. Now, offensively, watch what I can do. So I think that's one. And two, Cam Johnson. Because Cam is in an interesting position. Because Cam isn't going to – he's too good to not get paid. But I don't know if the Suns are going to technically be able to afford him if he is that good. Because you can't – you're not going to be able to afford Mikael and Cam. Eventually, that that the 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 bill is gonna come, and I think Cam his shot is so pretty, it's it's mm-hmm. so fluid, and coming off the bench, I think he's going to have one of those. I should be a starter somewhere in the NBA season for an NBA team, and because of that, that's why I think this year is so important for the Suns because you're gonna have to start paying these guys. And you can't keep everyone. So this is why I think this is the year to win it because you can't pay them all. And Cam's going to break through. And DeAndre's definitely going to break through. And you have to pay him. You don't have a choice. Even if he's stuck, you have to pay him. And he doesn't stay. So DeAndre? Yeah. Even if he, even, let's say he muddled around in that haze that he did for the first year and a half. In the middle of the year. Run. In the middle of the year. You, you By the way, that to, haze kind of coincided with him becoming a dad. Possibly. So he's a number one overall pick. No one lets number one overall pick walk. You give him a second contract. But now he's proven that he's worth that big deal second contract. So those are my two. I, I Honestly, I think DeAndre Aiden, if not, if he's not going to be an all-star, it's going to be because he gets that Booker talk. The Well, let's see what he has one more year before it. Yeah. We put him in, but I think he's going to be at that level this year. Okay, so you're 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 going all in for Da and Cam Johnson. Um, <clears throat> I've been thinking about this. Uh, I agree. the The ballers are going uh, a lot on Mikel needing to be a breakout person, but I think that's I think that's as much wishful thinking as anything. The great thing about Mikel is that he'll give you the exact same top-level effort every single game. I love that about him. I love him. He's He doesn't have up and downs on effort. Where he does have up and downs is, is deciding that he's a guy on offense. One night he'll be engaged. Another night he won't. Back-to-back games in the finals. The NBA finals, back-to-back games. 27 points one game, five points the next game. Um, the Suns, uh, throughout the season, the Suns were better when he scored 10 plus points than when he didn't. And yet he had way too many under 10 point games. Um, so I, we need Mikel to turn it on mentally. Now, DeAndre Ayton gets a lot of 
flack because he's so big and because he was the number one pick for um, having good stretches and bad stretches. Um, and Mikel had good stretches and bad stretches too. Uh, we need him to be uh, more of a breakout guy in terms of knowing he's the, he is the number three, number four, number five, whatever it is, but he's going to be a consistent threat other than taking threes. Like he's even admitted, he's like, you know what? I got myself into a rut because I wanted to make my first three before I did anything else on the court. <laughs> it's like, he was so focused on yeah. making his first three and just making himself available that he wasn't focused on slashing and he wasn't focused on driving. You want to get that three down and then have, you need to do the opposite. You need to, you need to get your points any way you can through effort. And then the threes will come easier. Um, I, I look who, who's my, I don't know if he's going to break out Mikel. So I'm not going to predict him as the breakout guy for this, this next year. I'm actually going to say Devin Booker. <clears throat> I'm going to say Devin Booker uh, because what the Suns are going to need from Devin Booker is to become more of a playmaker again. What he, where, where he made up for in all of shooting, he basically became um, a, a Clay Thompson kind of guy last year in terms of great at shooting, although at different spots than Clay ever would, but still great at shooting uh, in the mid range, but less of a playmaker because he was deferring so much to, uh, to Chris Paul. When the Suns are better, I think, of course they made the finals. So who can, who am I to say the Suns can be better, but um, this, he's a better player when he's facilitating more and he's using his gravity to create open shots for others more. And I hope he comes back and does that this next year. So that's, that's my thing is I want Booker to be more of a, gravity creating shots for others guy again um and then my secondary dude is going to be campaign i think campaign is there now he knows what he wants he knows who he is he is not going to get disgruntled by playing short minutes because he did that this past year with chris paul and he knows it, it takes you to the finals and he signed an mm -hmm. extension just because he wanted to be on this team forever and um i think campaign i think chris paul is going to miss more time this year than he did last year I think campaign's going to step up and be more of a, oh my gosh, this guy can't. He, he had 29 points, nine assists, and no turnovers in game two of the Western Conference Finals when Chris Paul was out. That's the sign of a guy who knows how to play big in big moments. Where does campaign have to improve? He's got to be able to make more shots around the rim. Um, I think he'd be well served by using his speed to deceptively create the, the dragage where Dragic would drive and then stop and then do a turnaround little flip because the, the big would fly by him. I think Cam needs to add that into his game, and when he does, or or create a floater game, when he does do that consistently, then the then the big men, the defenders, aren't going to be guarding his shot at the rim as much. So he's got to be better at that. Um, so I, I, I really do think that that uh, campaign secondarily, but Devin Booker has to be the breakout guy. Uh, in the uh, – go ahead. I just said I could see that. Uh, in the comments, we've got uh, Frank will break out. Ha <laughs> ha. I posted something on brightsideofthesun.com. We're starting to do our player previews for the next season. I'd just be happy if Frank does exactly what he's done the last two years, which is preseason. My preseason expectations are a D or an F grade for Frank because he just isn't a great player. But by the end of the year, compared to expectations, he always ends up with a B in my book, where he's he's better than I thought he would be. And uh, so I, I'd like Frank just to do that all over again. He's a White Sox fan. His rating should be an Frank? A. Yes. Oh. We've talked about this, Frank and I. We're the two biggest White Sox fans in this city. So as long as he's a White Sox fan, his grade is an A, an A, and an A. Have you made him an ASU fan at the risk of pissing off my U of A uh, ballers <laughs> in the chat here? Um, no. He should be an ASU fan by default just because of what he's done to the Wildcats. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like that. But no, he is a true one. He's a fan of the good guys. So him and I have, have laughed about that a lot. He's a, he's a good guys fan. All right. All right. Let's move on. Now, unfortunately, not everybody has a great year. They just don't. Um, in my opinion, Dario had a real fallback year this year. 
Dario Saric, even before he went down in the knee. And I think he did make a big difference. Um, being without Dario in the finals made a big difference because Dario could have mm -hmm. spent some time on Brooke Lopez, not on Giannis. It still was going to be Aiton all by himself on Giannis with backups from guys like Tory Craig and Jay Crowder just getting trucked. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't have made a difference on Giannis, but it would have made a difference on the ability to, to stay on Brooke Lopez and, and grab rebounds because they just killed us on rebounds. Um, who do you think is going to regress this year for the Suns? Chris Who's going to have a tough year? Chris Paul. And, and, and when I say regress, I don't mean regress like he's going to go from Chris Paul to like Steve Stepanski regress. I mean, I, I don't see him playing the same amount of games. I think you just alluded to that. I don't see him playing the same amount of minutes. Um, even, even if he stays perfectly healthy, I think he becomes a 29, 28, 26 minute per night person because you need him more in the playoffs than you do for, you know, a game against Memphis in, in January. So I, I don't know if I want to call it regressing, I, I just want to say, I don't think we're going to get an all-star Chris Paul. I think we're just going to get a very good Chris Paul. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I think we'll see less of Chris Paul this year, but I don't think he'll be less effective than he was. I really don't. I think, um, I think Chris Paul is going to be really, really good when he's on the court, and I think. Um, He's just going to see the court a little bit less. So is that a regression? That might be a regression. Who else do I think is going to, who, who play, basically was playing over their heads this year and is going to have a tough time repeating it? I don't know, man. It's tough, but I, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to back up this truck to the 2014 offseason. That 2013 2014 team went 48 and 34 and almost everybody on the entire roster was had career years. We were all saying, Oh my God, everyone's everyone had a career year and they're just going to keep it going. And miles Plumley is now going to be a borderline all-star. If we <laughs> Eric Bledsoe and Goran Dragic are going to be repeat all-stars. You know, we had all that in the bag. Uh, then the summer of 2014 screwed all that up. Well, good, good on James Jones, not screwing it up this year um good on james jones because he kept everybody together what ryan mcdonough did that that off season was he screwed up because because he they were fighting over contract extensions and they brought in isaiah thomas uh james jones has done it right this year so i don't know if we're going to get any big regressions i think all the players are really there what i worry about is at what point does jay crowder start to fall off a little bit. Um, he was really good. He had his best overall shooting season of his career, I'm pretty sure, this past year for the Suns. He's so hot and so cold that he was hotter than than uh, usual. And I think, um, but then the, what's great is that the Suns have replacements for him. They have guys mm -hmm. who can come in. They have Cam Johnson can play more minutes and take over more of a role. So I feel I feel like the Suns have the depth to absorb anyone who regresses. I would be bitterly disappointed if campaign had any kind of regression this year. I feel disappointed on his behalf. Um, I think he's going to be a breakout, not a breakdown guy. Mm -hmm. um, so your Paul, your call is Chris Paul. My, my call is uh, probably Jay Crowder. Um, but that's just us kind of taking the easy way out because uh, we're taking the two oldest guys. <laughs> out well, there. And, but see, like I said, I don't think the style of play is regression or, or, or his ability Less less time on the court for me is a revision. Plus, I, I remember we were there for that 2013-14 Suns. I think the difference is, yeah, wow, they're going to kill me for saying this, but I think you had average players show a lot all at the same time. Whereas last year, I think you had really good players progress to better players. So I think that's the difference. So – I guess the best comparison is baseball. You took a lifelong 235 hitter and he hit 300 one year when all the 235 hitters hit 300. Whereas last year you had a bunch of over 300 hitters hit a little bit higher, but not go from 300 to, to 350, go from 300 to 310 
and it's a progression up to 320. Yeah. So I think that's the difference between the two teams. Awesome. Okay, ballers. Um, yeah, so so says Jay is blowing up the uh, chat room here, uh, saying that this is a terrible segment to have. You should never predict anyone regressing, but I'm a fan of being balanced. And I feel like um, you've you've got to you've got to know um, you've got to be able to predict. And James Jones is is failing if he's not trying to cover for potential regressions from his team. And I think he's done that very well. They brought in, we haven't even talked about Landry Shamit. I think they brought in Landry Shamit. Not only is Landry Shamit a good shooter, but he also came out of college as a good combo guy who could actually run some of the team. So if you have any question mark about a campaign, for example, this next year is, um, is that you got Landry Shamit who can come in. He's a much better option than each one more was as a third string point guard the past year. Um, you've got Alfred Payton, who cannot shoot, and I don't really want him playing big minutes, but he's a break, break glass in case of emergency dude who can actually come in and respectably run your team. So um, they've got more depth this year than they had last year. JaVale McGee, if DeAndre Ayton regresses a Love little it. bit, if, if, he, if he regresses a little bit on effort, because he's not going to regress on talent, obviously. DeAndre Ayton is just scratching the surface. But if he regresses on effort and talent, now Monty has a guy who can go out, he can play 20, 25 minutes a game with JaVale for a little while until they get DeAndre's head back on straight. I love the I love the addition of JaVale McGee. And I still think they're going after some other, uh, other uh, big wing to help spell in case Jay Crowder has a regression. So I think it's valuable to um to stay balanced and to and to think about not only the positives and the negatives all right well this has been a stupendous show dlr really really appreciate you coming on the show today i think uh you are a tremendous guest i'm sad i have never had you on before but you've got your own radio show so you are constantly busy anyway um what i'd like to do is for you to tell everyone again where they can find you where can they find you Monday through Friday, one o'clock, the cave show. Just go to the sportscave.com. Caves are always with a K, always. And hit that listen live button. And there we are also. We're on Spotify, our heart radio. The cave show is brought to you by uh, the sports cave. And then, of course, the Twitter and Instagram at the sports cave. Cave is with the K. Awesome. And you can find Paul all by himself at PLR on sports on Twitter. Thank you. Um, and yes. there, was, there was an assist. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me. My name is Dave King NBA on Twitter. You can find my writing, uh, which I do most of at brightsideofthesun.com. And obviously, you can find the midweek shows here if you subscribe to the feed. Now, I'm going to put a link in the chat here. Um, you guys need to click the link in this chat, go to the feed, subscribe now to the feed so you can hear the midweek interviews as well. And uh, please, if you're so inclined, leave me a good rating. There's always a couple of trolls out there who want to give bad ratings, so I need a couple of more good ratings out there. I had to start over with the new solar panel feed. So even PLR, if you want to go on there and give me a rating, hit this link. I'd appreciate that um, on the new feed. And uh, any of these other ballers, I really appreciate that. You can also join uh, by um, committing some of your hard-earned cash to the sustainability of this show, I am getting, I am pushing through and trying to, uh, you know, get this show back on its feet. And I'd really, really appreciate any support you guys give for the show. Again, find me Dave King NBA, my writing on brightsideofthesun.com and my midweek pods on the solar panel. For now, have a good day. Thank you all for joining me today. And thank you again, PLR, for being my guest. Always, my man. You know, all you got to do is call. You're my guy. 100%. Thank you.